Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Passes to Thomas. He's gone. Touchdown, Saints. Got a bunch of room and some blockers. Hurdling a blocker at the 25. Inside the 50. Throw Sanders got there. Touchdown. Football fans and hoodats all over the world, get ready for an episode of Believe in Saints on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Hendricks. And welcome back to another episode of Believe in Saints. I'm John Hendricks alongside Terrence Copper coming at you on the Thursday before the Super Bowl. Terrence, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm super excited about the Super Bowl. And uh, let me ask you real quick, what are your top three must-haves when it comes to Super Bowl Sunday, as far as food? Uh, I got to say chicken wings. Mm, agree there. Uh, sliders, like the little burger sliders, the small Oof, burgers. Good call. Yep. The sliders. And I got to have... My wife makes some amazing meatballs. All right. Yeah. yeah. Some amazing meatballs. She put it in jelly. I want to say mm. it's jelly that she put it in. So she put it in like a a big old roaster, if I'm not mistaken. And she put jelly in there with meatballs. So I got to have those. Yeah. No, that's a staple. That's what some of the things to do. You put <laughs> the meatballs with the barbecue sauce and some jelly and jelly sweetens yeah, it up a little bit. It. People yep, clowning, it. but it's like, don't don't knock it till you try it. And, For real. You know, mm-hmm. No, I'm with you on chicken wings. I, I think chicken wings are huge. Uh, I'll take that any day of the week. How about Always. you? What do you think? What yeah, you chicken got? wings Chicken wings is one for me. I also have to have uh, chips and salsa or some type of chips and dip. I mean, that's, that's a given. And mm-hmm. then speaking of dips, like we make this breakfast sausage. Like it's breakfast sausage, cream cheese, and Rotel. Like it's it's called... Uh, and again, this is a PJ show or a cheese show, but it's called crack dip. But I mean, it's it's just so good because you cannot stop eating it. So it's just like the best <laughs> blend of stuff that you ever ate. And, uh, you know, so I think that's that's usually my top three is like I'm a snacky food guy. Like, I, I mean, I love just have sliders, but it depends on who's doing it. But a good mm-hmm. Boston butt would go a long too, way too. my buddy makes a huge like amazing Boston butt and I could eat that like until I go into a coma you know what I mean <laughs> so, but yeah so those I are guess good those are good yeah 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 those so I mean ones. let's start there before we get into some Saints talk I mean big day a lot of emotions a lot of things leading up to it it seems like every year we get closer to the Super Bowl it seems like more and more coming you know you had the Pro Bowl coming coming went or came and went and uh you know that was left a lot to the imagination if you will but you know this is the we- week which they need players. to cancel the Pro Bowl game. They yeah. need to cancel the Pro Bowl game, yeah. but we'll get back to that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no. I, I'm 100% with you. You know, it's funny. Let's start there. I mean, um, you know, I remember the days like the late – again, we talk about it when I was born in 84, so I'm a late 80s kid, early 90s. I remember watching the Pro Bowls when, you know, they gave a crap. You know, like yeah. that $20,000 bonus or that $10,000 bonus meant a lot to a lot of players. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. they tackled. They played. They played hard. And. You know, I think I remember back to Brian Mormon trying to run the fake punt and Sean Taylor laying him out. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yep. 
But at yep. some point, it lost a lot of its meaning. And, and I don't know for the life of me. And, of course, back then, the Pro Bowl was played after the Super Bowl. Now it's played before the Super Bowl. And so, I don't know. Do you think this is a case where maybe the players' egos and just like, hey, I don't want to get hurt in this meaningless game? Or what do you think they, they should do here? That That's exactly what it is. It is it's a case where the players don't want to get injured. Uh, because they still have their offseason to look forward to. They, they're on vacation, wherever they're at, whether it's in Vegas, whether it used to be in Hawaii, different places like that. Uh, they're not practicing hard, which I understand y'all pros don't have to practice hard for the Pro Bowl. But, man, for me, it's the fact that I just rather the NFL acknowledge everybody that made the Pro Bowl. Because, I mean, everybody liked the acknowledgement. They like to be able to put that on their resume. Their resume that it was a Pro Bowl, uh, whatever year they, they made the Pro Bowl. So, I think it need to be acknowledged that they made the Pro Bowl, recognize it, but don't play the game because to me, the way the Pro Bowl, what the Pro Bowl is turning into, that's not football. Yeah. That's not football. And and like you said back in the day, because I was born in '82, so I'm a little bit older than you are. But back back in the day, like it was competitive. Like you wanted, like the best players wanted to go against the best players and prove that they were better than they were or they added up to them. But this two-hand tag stuff, and this it's just not football. I'd rather them cancel the game, acknowledge and recognize the guys that made the Pro Bowl, and just move on from it. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. I remember back in the 90s, too, you had the quarterback challenge, and that was a big deal, too. I mean, there's just so much that's gotten lost over the years. And so I'm with you. I mean, you look at other other sports, like the NHL is trying to revamp their all-star game. I like the skills competition stuff. I like that type mm-hmm. of thing. But, you know, the game itself, if everybody's just worried about, you know, getting hurt and all this other stuff, then just don't have it. I mean, just don't yeah. have it. I mean, you're not doing anything for us. And it's crazy because – players opt out of it as it is you know what I mean and so Mm -hmm. and the sad part is too that a lot of players also have that 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 built into their contracts you know what I mean like you make the Pro Mm -hmm. Bowl you get an extra 250 500,000 I mean it does mean something to some people but the game itself golly (laughs) cut that out you know so I'm with you I'm with you but at any rate so that's one thing and and now you got the Super Bowl you got the Bengals and you got the Rams Hats off to the Bengals. I mean, underdog story, if you will, a case from going from bottom of the barrel to now in the Super Bowl. And you got Joe Burrow looking great, Jamar Chase. Got some former Saints on there, Trey Hendrickson and Von Bell. And I guess we'll group Eli Apple into that, even though, you know, he's a little bit out there, if you will. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, this is, this is great because, I mean, you have pretty much essentially all of Ohio and the state of Louisiana is going to be behind Burrow for this one. But then you got the Rams, which – Again, Saints fans, it makes it easy because you don't want to have the Rams uh, win this thing. And I mean, especially because they went all in and all this. And it's the Rams, you know, they cost you a trip to the Super Bowl, right? And so, mm-hmm. uh, again, I, I'm excited to see how this plays out. Uh, obviously, I would tell you I'm rooting for Bengals and, uh, you know, just because of the Rams factor. And, and we've talked about this before, but 
whoever wins this game, the Saints are going to host them in a home game this next year. So, again, where are your thoughts at for the Super Bowl and, and who are you taking? You know, so I don't have a dog in the fight in the Super Bowl, but I'm picking the Rams. But I really think, and I know it's kind of, I'm going back and forth with it, but I, I really think I'm picking the Rams, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Burrow and the Bengals pull off an upset. I wouldn't be surprised uh, because, like I said, a lot of people look at the Bengals as the underdogs, but are they really the underdogs? If you think about it, I think mm-hmm. I think we look at them as being the underdog because of their because they're so young. You know, their their best some of their best players are young when it comes to the quarterback position. When it comes to Jamar Chase, uh, even you have the other receiver. Is it Hig- Higgins? Yeah, T. You Higgins. Know, mm-hmm. T. Higgins. Those guys are young and they're making plays. You know, so I think that is. I think that's the reason why they everybody feel like they're the underdog. But I got the Rams, but I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Burrow pulls it off. Yeah. I, I think he's an exceptional quarterback. Um, I think he's going to break a lot of records in his career uh, if he stays healthy. Uh, I, I think he's the next up and coming. No, I would agree there. And, you know, I think the underdog path is just because of where they seeded in the playoff, right? I mean, of course, they won their division. But, I mean, you still went into Tennessee, knocked off number one. And then you went to Kansas City and knocked off number two. And so I think that's kind of one of those things where you look at it and then you look at the Rams. They had an interesting path and and they were finally able to beat the 49ers at home and such. And so, again, it's uh, it's, for me, I would just tell you that, look, I've picked against them – because here's what happened in the past several weeks, the past games they played. My head has always said the superior team, like the, the Titans or the Chiefs, but my heart always chose the Bengals. So here, mm-hmm. I think I might have to, and of course, I might jinx them, but I say my head and heart is going to be taking the Bengals. You know what I mean? I just think that mm-hmm. what they've been able to do and accomplish, it's real. Um, never had a championship in Cincinnati and such. I mean, this is a, a great opportunity for this organization. And Look, I think they're hungry. I think they might have some jitters to start, but I think they'll they'll rally and come back with it. And, look, it's going to be interesting football. And, and NFL got a really good game this year to, to really see. And so I'm going to take the Bengals, man. But I think it's going to be close. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be like a, a 30 to 24, 30, 26 game. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well – that's obviously not the only things going on. So um, <laughs> Saints have got a lot of stuff going on. Um, let's start with, because we talked about the Pro Bowl, obviously the stuff that happened with Alvin Kamara, that's that's probably the top storyline, which overshadows what, you know, Dennis Allen getting hired. But look, you know, I'm the type of thing, when it comes out and he, you hear a player get arrested, obviously you think the worst case scenario, right? And so mm-hmm. a lot of this thing happened. And, of course, as a, a player in the NFL, you have to govern yourself. You have to govern yourself on and off the field. That just comes with the territory. And so I, I kind of reserve judgment for when we see more facts. Obviously, you saw some photos of what happened. But, you know, what do you make of this Alvin Kamara situation? And, obviously, this is a thing where there's never an ideal time for something like this to happen to Saints. But this is a serious thing. Yeah. So, from my understanding um... – like I said, I guess all the, I don't know if all the facts are out there. From my understanding, from what I'm hearing, is, you know, he got into a fight at, I think, a, a bar or something like that. Uh, and he threw, like, eight punches and kind of knocked the guy out or something like that. If, 
that's what I heard. And if that is the case, you know, I blame him for one because he's a, he's a grown man. He's grown and you got to control your actions. You have to understand these things and you represent more than yourself. So first of all, I blame him. Second of all, I blame the guys that's around him because anybody that was with, whether it was, whether it was NFL players as well that was with him or whether it was his homeboys or his buddies from his hometown, they should not allowed him to even put himself in that position to where he have to fight and throw punches. You know, that should have been broken up. He should have been escorted out of the club by his friends or whoever he's with. They should not even allowed him to be in there fighting. So for me, I blame Alvin. I also blame the guys that he's with. And if that's going to happen, he need to pick some new friends to hang around uh, because everybody knows he have a ton to lose. He should not be in the club, especially at the Pro Bowl, fighting. You know, so to me, that that's crazy for me. And like so, so I blame him for one because that he the one that did it. And I also blame the guys that he's around. They shouldn't allow that to happen. Yep. No, I agree. And look, this is a statement put out by his attorneys. It says Alvin Kamara has gained a well-deserved reputation for being a hardworking and community-minded individual. The recent Las Vegas allegations are not consistent with who Mr. Kamara has shown himself to be both in his public and private life. Therefore, we are conducting our own investigation into all the circumstances and individuals associated with this matter to determine both the facts and motivations of all involved. So this is where obviously it gets a little bit crazy because, you know, Kamara's next hearing is supposed to be what March 8th is what it's done. And, you know, again, I obviously I, I hate to say it this way, but one of two things can happen. Either the guy drops the charges and they settle this outside of things or maybe somebody else takes the fall. But I think when we see the video, um, you know, it'll kind of really put things in perspective. But, you know, again, I'm going to hold off judgment because I, I don't believe it's in Alvin's character either. But at the same yeah. time, you make a moment's decision like that and being in a situation like that, you know, you're going to be the target, a multi-million dollar athlete. I mean, everybody knows yeah. who you are. Yep. Yep. I mean, I, I agree with you. Uh, like I said, if not saying all those things are true, but if it is true, you know, that's, that's why I blame, I blame him and I blame the people he's around. Uh, like I said, but that's not his character. Uh, he doesn't even look like when I heard about it, you know, he didn't even look like the type of person that would be in there fighting, you know, so that's definitely not his character. But, I mean, hopefully this thing pans out. And and you know what? What I'm more concerned about is, of course, you don't want anybody to get sued or anything like that or charges pressed and he got to go to jail or whatever it is. I'm more concerned about if the NFL is going to is going to make him or if the NFL is going to suspend him for games next year because they're going to have to take some type of action on it, you know, so it might be disciplinary reasons, disciplinary things that goes on within the NFL that he gets suspended for next year or a few games or something like that. So hopefully this stuff will blow over and is, and none of this stuff is true, but that is my concern. If he's going to get suspended by the NFL going into next year. Well, and Roger Goodell said that, they knew about it before he even – and he played the Pro Bowl still. Like, isn't that wild? Well, you know what? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I can 
I can appreciate Nevada PD allowing him to play and not <laughs> not locking him up right then. I if mean, that if it did happen, it's not funny, but the fact they they allowed him to still play, you know, I can appreciate that. Yeah, but I just hope I, it's not true. <laughs> yeah, I hope so not either. I mean, you, you might be looking for another running back, and, and again, you saw. Again, I hate to bring it up, but Henry Ruggs, one bad decision, he's in jail. I mean, he killed somebody, right? And thankfully, yeah. this is not that one of those things. But my goodness, it's uh, it's just so one decision can just derail your entire promising future career that you have. And so, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Um, you know, that's obviously one thing, to, a big thing to follow. And let me also, because look, we talked about Brian Flores last week, and <clears throat> obviously. We, Sean Payton had a, a dinner with the media uh, at a private event, and I was there. And one of the things that I saw kept emerging was, you know, the call to attention about it being a predominantly white presence at media. What do you mm-hmm. make of that? Because I'm not going to say much this second, but I, what do you make of that when you hear comments like, man, there's not a lot of minorities that cover this team? You know what? I don't know. I don't know because I don't know. I don't know all the reasonings behind it. You know, I don't know all the reasonings, especially when it comes to the coaching side of it. Uh, Even with the media side of it, you just don't know. I know the coaching side of it. I feel like there should be. I think there are qualified minority coaches that could fill these spots as, as a head coach certain place. So I do feel like that needs to change. Uh, that is an issue with that when it comes to the media. I don't really know. You know what? I never even thought about that, you know, when it comes to the media, having more minorities in the media part of it. I never thought about it because my mind has always been on coaching. You know, if, if it's fair when it comes to the coaching, the coaching, is there enough minorities coaching, not just assistant, assistant coaches, but, head coaches in the NFL. So that is, I think that is an issue, but I never really thought about when it came to the media. So I might have to get your, your thoughts on that. What is your thoughts on it? Yeah, look, I think it's one of those things where, I mean, I could tell you that, I mean, of the predominant ones, you know, I'm, I'm obviously a minority and, you know, uh, the guy who writes for the saints and covers this team religiously is John DeShazer, which I'm happy to call a friend and proud to call a friend. I mean, and, you know, he's African-American, but, you know, but the majority of the big, big names are are predominantly white. And and I mean, again, I don't think there's I, I would love to see more diversity there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think yep. it's there and I'm happy I'm one that can be in that diversity type. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I love yep. love doing what I do. Right. And so, um, you know, again, I think it is an aha moment for a lot of people. And And, you know, I will just say. I don't know if you know Nick Underhill, but he, he works for New Orleans football, launched his own site. But, you know, he even went a step further just to kind of establish like a scholarship that's going to allow, you know, some of those minorities to kind of branch off and try to help further their career wow. as far as the journalism. Wow. So, again, mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is just the awareness factor is is all. And I, I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is that it is an awareness thing. And look, you know, I know much is made about minorities in, in the sport but you know in the media too it matters as well and so look i'm yeah. glad to people have spoke up and and given this attention and you know again i think everybody can look in the mirror and kind of reflect on some of this you know what i mean mm-hmm. wow so, yeah you're right about that you're definitely so, right 
And so, I mean, that's just kind of where I look at it is, is that I'm, I'm, I'm glad and fortunate and blessed. And, you know, it's just that I, I just want to make sure that, you know, it, it's, it's all things that people can learn from. I think that's the biggest takeaway. So, but we'll I see agree. how it plays out. You know, again, I'd love to love it. You know, I mean, it's, it's something that hopefully will get fixed and, you know, speaking of things that are getting fixed, um, Saints finally announced their head coach. It's Dennis Allen. Um, I don't think any of us were surprised. You know, nope. I think there was a lot of things that you read between the lines and that they wanted somebody with the roster they had, somebody that had experience and somebody that can kind of take over and just be able to, you know, use this roster to be able to push for a playoff spot. So your thoughts on Dennis Allen getting hired as the next head coach to fill Sean Payton's shoes? I think that was the perfect hire. For me, that's what I that's what I was thinking. I think it was the perfect hire. Somebody that was already on staff, somebody that already know the culture. Uh, somebody already know the expectations. You know, you have a good coaching staff already put together. Of course, uh, from my understanding, he's bringing some other coaches in. My only concern is the offense. Because defensively, the defensive schemes, I mean, he's going to tweak some stuff, but he runs the defense. So the defense, those things are going to still be intact. The learning curve for defense is not going to be as drastic as for offense especially when you're running basically the same defense and you, you know your same defense coordinator. But when it comes to offense, I'm, I wonder who he's going to bring in as the offensive coordinator and, and what offense are they going to run? You know, and, and when the offensive coordinator comes in, does he know the strengths and the weaknesses of Jameis Winston uh, to be able to cater his offensive system around the quarterback? You know, or are we going to look for another quarterback? You know, so I'm very interested. I think it's a great hire, but I'm interested to see which way they go with the offense coordinator. Yeah, same here. And look, again, you you have three quarterbacks that are under the roster. On the roster, it's Taysom Hill, it's Blake Bortles, and Ian Book. You know, Winston, you see him doing all those uh, workouts and stuff, and he is still scheduled to be a free agent. So I'm interested to see what happens there, but. Look, I think everything that I've heard and understand is that they are going to go external with their search. And I think that's where the direction that they want is they want to try to find somebody who's proven can mm -hmm. help lead this offense and help get some things done. And whether that's via a trade or free agency, I think that's just a play. And, and, you know, again, I don't again, if they were in a situation where they may have been complete rebuild, maybe you look at drafting a quarterback. But I just don't see it this year. I just don't think them using a pick on a quarterback is the right move here. And you've seen Allen kind of make some moves on the offensive side with his staff so far. Um, you know, Brendan Nugent's out. Curtis Johnson's supposed to be out. And uh, Dan Dalrymple's supposed to be out. So, and then they're replacing uh, offensive line with the coach with Doug Marone uh, is some of the things. And so some of these guys are going to have different roles that are staying on staff. So, look, I'm, I'm all for what makes things better. You know what I mean? As far as this mm -hmm. offense, because it was tough to watch last year. I know they had 58 different starters. I know they had Jameis Winston go down. I know they had a lot of things that they had to deal with. But ultimately, this organization, if they're going to get in the postseason, if they're going to even have a chance, they've got to find a stellar quarterback. They've got to get some mm -hmm. upgraded pass-catching talent. And I don't think fresh ideas hurt anybody. What do you think? Uh, I agree with you. Uh, I I'm sad to hear that, you know, Curtis Johnson may be out. I'm sad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, I have a relationship with him. You know, he was my receiver coach when I was there. And plus, Curtis knows his stuff. 
Yeah. You know, he, he knows his stuff. He could take any receiver and develop him, you know, into a good receiver, you know. So I just – I hate to hear that part of it. But I do get bringing in some new blood, bring some new blood in and get new ideas uh, and learn different things, maybe do some different things. So I'm always open-minded to those things. Uh, but it is still tough to hear that, you know, when CJ, he's he may be out. Yeah, and I think – and we've talked about him on here. And I think the biggest thing that I've, I remember you saying is about him, the attention to details and holding you accountable. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. whether you gave, you know, 100% on a route. You're still going to get some type of coaching from him. You know what I mean? And so, yep. look, I, I think that's something respectable. And I, I hate to hear that too because I really like Curtis Johnson. I like what he stood for too. And, um, you know, look, I think he'll land on his feet. He'll be fine. Uh, but it just does suck that he's not going to be with the Saints going forward. Uh, if all the reports are true, which sounds like that's what's going to happen. And so, look, um, but, you know, again, Allen comes in. I think, you know, being at the press conference, I think he handled himself extremely well. You know, I saw a few things come out about, you know, the uh, Raiders and his time there. But, you know, that's 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot's changed from there. <laughs> If you yes. tell me you're the same person 10 years from last 10 years to now, then something's wrong. Something's <laughs> you know wrong. What I mean? exactly. But I, I believe, you know, the pressure's there. Uh, obviously, he doesn't have to spell it out. But, again, the way he embraced it and saying, hey, you know, look, I'm okay with being measured up to Sean Payton. And, but, you know, he's just focused on being the best version of himself. And, you know, I think what he stands for is, is, is accountability and making sure that the players – do what they're supposed to do and know what they're supposed to do. And, and it starts with him, obviously kind of like Sean, but you know, he's going to put his own flavor on things, his own spin on things. And so again, I think when you look at the progression that you had drew retire, then you had Sean step down. And then now it's a new era of saints football where you really don't know what in the world is going to happen. <laughs> True. And I think it's kind True. of exciting personally. It is. It is exciting. And, and I like the fact that he's, you know, he's accepted the pressure and he accept me because at the end of the day, he deserved to have his to, to do things the way he wants to do things. Uh, like I said, and, and as fans, uh, we have to allow him to do things the way he needs to do things and and not always comparing him to Coach Payton because he's not Coach Payton. Like I said, and I think I said before, there is there's not going to be another Coach Payton. So. We can't even compare them together and not saying that coach coach Allen is not going to be a great coach. Uh, I think he will be, but yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep comparing him to coach Payton because they're, they're, they're different type coaches. Their style is different and you know, he's his own person. Yeah. It's unfair. I, I, I know it's going to happen, but it's just the same way that everybody got stacked up to Drew, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And even when Marquez Colston left, he, people stacked up to him, Bruce McAllister, you know, Reggie mm-hmm. Bush, like you always have those players yeah. Yeah. that you get compared to. I mean, Jonathan Vilma, middle linebacker. I mean, those are, that was hard <laughs> a long yeah. time ago, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, look again, there are a lot of moving parts and pieces you got the new season that starts on March 16th. Um, you got a lot to answer here. You got the scouting combine coming up. You got to make your player evaluation decisions. You've got to figure out what you're going to do going forward. And so I expect them to, to be pretty aggressive here. And look, you and I have talked about it. No matter if they have all the defensive starters coming back next season, it's a new season. Things change. And so you can't exactly. expect them to have the same defense as last year. But Allen's going to handle the bulk of those plays. Like, he's going to handle play calling duties. So, 
I think the Saints will be okay, especially if Atlanta, Carolina, and Tampa can't figure things out. I mean, Tampa's got a huge mess on their hands because they got to find a new quarterback and they've got to figure out what they're going to have. They got players like Chris Godwin who's going to hit free agency. I mean, they don't even know if they're going to have their coach. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Look, you know, the crazy thing about what you just you hit it right on the head. The best thing that we have going for us in New Orleans is that we are in an NFC. Uh, the AFC is brutal when it comes to how prolific those young quarterbacks are in the AFC. In the NFC, like I said, you lost Tom Brady out of the NFC, so you don't have to deal with him anymore. Uh, really, the only person that I feel like quarterback play in the NFC, if he stays in the NFC, is uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Of course, I'm, I, I, you don't want to downplay other quarterbacks, but you just don't see those high prolific quarterbacks in the NFC the way they are in the AFC. Because yep. AFC, you got you got the quarterback for the Chargers. What is it? What's his name again? Justin Herbert. Herbert. He's up and coming. Then you got Cool Joe Burrow. That's in the Super Bowl now. Mm-hmm. Then you got Patrick Mahomes. Yep. You know. Then you got Josh Allen. Yeah. You know, so Lamar Jackson. A, I mean, you could go down Lamar the list. Jack- Everybody's yes. got somebody. Exactly. I mean, even Derek Carr was playing well with the Raiders. He might be on the move. I mean, there's just you look across. There's so many Mac Jones is up and coming. Maybe yes. he can read it. Tua was doing good. I mean, there's a lot of good, AF- good quarterbacks. The, yes, the AFC quarterbacks are are pretty good, but in the NFC, it's a big drop off in the NFC. Yeah. So I love <laughs> the fact that we are in the NFC and. Our road to success, trust me, it's going to be tough, but it's not going to be as tough as if you was in the AFC. That's why I think. Yeah, I would agree. And that's where things like, you know, if you could swing a Deshaun Watson and bring him in the AFC, that would be powerful. If you could get an Aaron Rodgers, that'd be powerful. If you get a mm-hmm. Russell Wilson on the Saints, that'd be powerful. I mean, that it's, it's not as unlikely just because Sean's gone, but I think the right offensive coordinator is what's huge here for this team. And so – I think they have a chance um, to land somebody pretty good. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not a big name. You know, I mean, Eric's talk, everybody's talking about Eric being to me. I don't know if you make a lateral move, maybe for more money when you probably should be a head coach right now, but it's just not in the cards this year. So maybe he yeah. wants a fresh perspective. I don't know what that looks like, but it's really interesting to see what happens there. But look, I'm, Excited because you know once the Super Bowl is come and gone, the season's over. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and the next thing we won't have to look forward to is is uh, we'll have to look forward to is the USFL, which you know that'll help sustain some things. And I, I kind of like the concept of that, and you know yeah. I really am interested to see how that works out and and such. But you know we're going to be back to the dark days until football comes back. But you know, again, it's just that harsh reality. And just like that, no more football until August or September, right? And so mm-hmm. always a hard time, but, man, we'll uh, we'll be here for it and talking a lot about what's going on with the Saints. You, you know who is not hard on, though? It's not John hard Bain? on the players. <laughs> no, look, it's not hard. Look, I need it's, more. It's, it's, it's not hard on the players and the coaches because they want that time off. They need some time off, you know, to let their bodies recover let their minds reset, you know, and and think and do some different things without being in that same routine day in and day out. So trust me, the players, they're looking for this vacation. As as fans, you know, we don't want them to be on vacation long. We want to get back to the season. So those are the guys that's not they're not uh 
they're not excited about having to continue to play in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where you put in – and, again, you – like, let's just say that you, you played wide receivers, plenty of stuff to do, and you play with Drew. So, obviously, and, and other teams, too, you had Dallas and Kansas City and even Baltimore. But, you know, of a, a normal work week, you know, how many hours a day would you probably be living, breathing football and, you know, what was a typical day like for you? Oh, my goodness. During the season? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. During the season, I mean, you're going to get to the facility. Well, for me, let's take – let's talk about Monday, the top the beginning of the week. Monday, we're going to come in in the morning. We just played a game on Sunday. So we're going to come in Monday morning. Uh, it don't have to be super early. Uh, I want to say maybe about 8, 9. Uh, you come into the facility. But I used to get to the facility early anyway, around about 7, just to get in the hot tub cold tub uh, or get it in the sauna to try to help get the lactic acid out after that we go get a workout in we got to lift weights we got to run that's part of the reason why you lift and run after the games is to get the lactic acid out so you can recover a little quicker that after we run and and lift weights we can watch film we can watch the film the entire film of the game we just played on sunday and so we'll be there so i will be there around about let's say eight o'clock i'll probably get home about uh, let's say about two, maybe about two. So Monday is not that long. Uh, but then Tuesday is our day off. So you do nothing on Tuesday, but I will still go to the facility, get in the hot tub, get in the cold tub, because on Tuesday, my Toradol shot just wore off. And so what a Toradol shot is, so you get these shots, these anti-inflammatory shots. And what that does is that help knock the edge off. It's nothing illegal or anything like that. You can either take the pills or you can take the shot. And you take those you take those shots that knock the edge off. So if you have any type of pain or strains or anything like that, it kind of relieves the pain a little bit so you can actually get through it. So I had to take those things every week, hmm. even during preseason. They was like, well, you don't really need to take them during preseason uh, because it's just for me. I had to take them during preseason. That was... <laughs> Because preseason, you're still in training camp. You know, so mm-hmm. that's when you that's when you really need the edge knocked off because you're still sore. You know, you're still doing two-a-days, and you're in preseason. So uh, my shot will wear off Tuesday. So I'm super sore. I'm talking about sore. I got a limp to the bathroom uh, in the morning on Tuesday. So what I do is I still get in the hot tub and cold tub Tuesday morning, uh, and then I just relax the rest of Tuesday. Wednesday is our work day. Wednesday, you're going to get there about 7 o'clock in the morning. And you're going to stay there until probably about four o'clock in the afternoon. Thursday is the same day. It's the same thing. And for receivers, Thursday is the worst day for receivers because on, on Thursday, that's when we do more. We're more pass game happy, uh, running three wide, four wide. It's a lot of third down work on, on, on Thursdays. So we're going to throw the ball a lot more. So that's more running for receivers. Wednesday is more of the run game stuff, you know, play action, run game. Uh, so we don't do a lot of running. Uh, we just a lot of blocking and different things like that. On Friday, uh, same thing, still coming in the morning. Friday may get out around about 2, 30, 3 o'clock, but you're still there early in the morning. Friday is the red zone package. Uh, it's red zone work. Not a lot. It's, it's still a lot of running, but it's not long distance running because you're in the red zone the entire time. So you're in the red zone, and you got goal line work, and you got short yardage work. 
and you'll have a little bit of two minute at the end. So Friday's really not that bad. And then Saturday is the walkthrough, uh, the walkthrough. And if we got to travel after the walkthrough, we get on the plane and we leave and where we have to go. And then Sunday we got games, you know, so you're going to be, it's football all day. And even when you get home, you're still going to study your playbook some. So you're not just going to not do anything. You still got to, you still got to study on your own. Uh, you studying at the facility is not enough. You got to do more of that stuff on your own as well. So that would be what a week looked like. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That is a lot of work. And of course, you play and you repeat, rinse, wash, and repeat. Now you got to do it for 18 weeks, right? And oh, no. then you have to add preseason and training camp. And if you had OTAs and all that stuff. And playoffs. If you go to the playoffs, yeah, yeah. It's still, even more. They've been, you know, they've been at it for a while. You know, it's like so, Sean Payton says they has a cot at this facility. That's just crazy to me. It's like you work that late, and it's like no point in going home just to have a cot. So, <laughs> but he's not lying. Like coaches, yeah, coaches, uh, coaches get there around about five o'clock in the morning. You know, and they don't, and sometimes they don't leave to about ten o'clock at night, eleven o'clock at night. You know, so they they spend a lot of time away from their families. You know, so this time off is great for them. Unless they got, unless they go into the senior bowl, like yourself, uh, the combine they have to go to, and, and start evaluating some of these players for the draft, you know. But it's not as rigorous as the schedule is during the season. Well, that's good to know. So I mean, you know, it's it, they deserve some time off, and of course they got to gather their head and prepare for the next one. And then some players, yeah. it's got to, you know, are you going to do this again? If they're getting up there, so <laughs> you know what I mean. So, but yeah. at any rate, well, Terrence, you got anything to plug? I know you were talking a lot about your wide receiver academies and stuff that you were doing last week. Anything else? And yeah, you know, mention that again, please. Yeah, the Premier Sports Academy located in Winterville, North Carolina. You know, we, we train uh, all sports with a with an emphasis on football. Uh, we we do basketball. We do receiver training, quarterback training. We kind of do all of it. Uh, when it comes to developing kids from age four up to the pros. So that's that's what we do. Uh, we do it every day of the week. Absolutely. Good. Awesome, man. Well, definitely, I appreciate all your time, Terrence. As always, I love doing these things with you. And, again, there's never a dull moment in the Saints offseason. Maybe we'll get to <laughs> something quieter. But for now, obviously, guys, enjoy the Super Bowl. Go Bengals if you're a Saints fan. And uh, if not, well, you know, if you're going for the Rams, I don't know. I guess – whatever you want to call it there. Let's just hope not because that would just make a lot of fans sick. But anyway, thanks for tuning in to Believe in Saints. Be sure to check us out on the pods, Apple and Spotify and give us a like and download. And as always, if you have any feedback, hit us up. Thanks again to Bet Online for producing today's show. Have a good one, guys. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V 
on YouTube.